Welcome to the My Rules of Eta podcast. I am Tom Barblay, and I thought it was probably really important to record something when I had a few seconds of time. I've basically, say, 85% packed up my podcasting room, which means that I've had an intimate encounter with the last dregs of the lead pile, or at least, well, the holdout parts of the lead pile. I had a small box, maybe a medium-sized priority mailbox, that contained 15mm Vietnam both American and Viet Cong figures and Hueys and a bunch of other little bits and pieces, and also maybe half a box of bolt action. And that's really the only miniatures that I've found. I received 1940, what are they, German paratroopers uh, through the week, which was a Kickstarter that I put money into maybe two years ago. And since this time on Kickstarter, I think I put money into one... Kev Adams Kickstarter and also a Kickstarter for, I think, Terriers and I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but metal, metal miniatures. So I think the lead pile is basically, well, represented in painted miniatures now, aside from the bits and pieces that I found. And I'm not really fussed by it. It's actually quite curious. I've got a bunch of stuff still with Roachy Roachford and a bunch of stuff that's being finished, actually. Uh, World War Two. 28mm and 20mm on the East Coast currently, and that will probably be finished before we move. It looks like we'll probably move, well, I don't know, there's a lot of interesting transitions going currently, but sometime probably February, March, we'll probably throw the doors closed on our San Jose place in March by the looks of things. And yeah, January, February, all interesting stuff. We did sell our house in Las Vegas, or we're in escrow. And that makes it a lot easier to buy another house in Las Vegas. I contacted my friend uh, Joe Sudek, who I used to work with many years ago, more than a decade ago. And he, prior to working with me, ran a wargaming store in Las Vegas. And I've got all the time in the world for Joe, actually. He's one of these people who... uh, I just get annoyed with people, but I didn't get annoyed with Joe. He's a fascinating character, actually. He's now retired. And my understanding is that at least he's joined the Facebook group of this particular podcast, so you might actually listen in as well. So shout out to Joe if you're listening in. But yeah, I've been relatively lucky actually in finding people, few and far between, but good folks to uh, to know. And a fellow who I follow in the UK, I'm trying to get back into playing D&D. He's a, what is he? He's a YouTuber, a wandering, rambling London YouTuber. So let's see if I can get him back into D&D. But Packing up a room is really an interesting process. It's made me realize that even with a substantial reduction, the tens of boxes that were sent out, the five or six boxes that were collected, I still have way too much stuff. And I'm going to have to go through a lot of stuff when I'm in Vegas to reduce it down again. What I found interesting was actually that I had fewer miniatures than I thought I had. Like the physical boxing of the miniatures only takes up about maybe two cubic meters, <laughs> but a lot less than I had originally anticipated. I think by using the same cases and keeping everything uniform and what have you, maybe it just reduces the physical volume. You should actually get in there and work out how many miniatures are in there. It's a lot smaller of the pack up than the books has been. The books have really consumed a lot more boxes. So I'm starting to think that I need to reduce down my books in terms of volumes as well. I just have way too much Games Workshop stuff, and I have way too much Osprey. And that basically has been what's been coming through the pack-up. I did adhere to my 2020 New Year's resolution, 
and I haven't bought any more games. I did have some restrictions on miniatures, but actually physical games rule sets, which has really been the addiction to date, I think I've well and truly cracked. I'm also now subscribed electronically to a bunch of things that I would have historically purchased in paper. You still can't get War Games Illustrated in an electronic form that makes it easy, but certainly two other miniatures publications in the UK I now get electronically. And I haven't read a White Dwarf in a couple of years. I think I might periodically buy a digital White Dwarf if I need it. But realistically, that whole Games Workshop thing is very different now than, you know, than what I want to memorialize. So in terms of actually creating rules and things like that, Operation Sea Line, I haven't talked about this for a while. I have been doing a lot of reprogramming associated with Operation Sea Line. I've basically reworked my, my Mushroom Boy software, which was an urban simulation to accept JSON input and then create, you know, cities and towns based on that. The two things I need to add currently are railway tracks and waterways. They're the two bits that are missing because I want to use splining, which I'll use for the roads as well. So it's a lot of coding, like a lot of coding and not a lot of anything else. And I'm debating putting up a YouTube clip just going through the coding aspects but that is just going to be incredibly dry for anyone listening. So I'm I'm hesitant to put in the coding. The same will happen with the uh, warfare simulator when I start integrating that. That is going to be dramatically reworked. And again, I think that's based in JSON currently. So you know it'll just continue from that. But a lot of work, just a lot of behind the scenes coding stuff, which really doesn't translate well to to podcasts or videos. So. As I'd anticipated, this thing is taking a lot more of my time. But it's all good work. I mean, it's all, you know, the stuff that I'm finding is all very positive. And I'm removing... When you create a a prototype, it has a lot of rough edges. And in utilizing an existing piece of software and then moving it in a completely different direction, I'm rounding off the edges of that software, which I find genuinely fascinating. It's like, okay, so it did this thing very well in one particular fashion. Now let's make it very generic. So that is taking a good portion of my evenings. I'm reading a lot of Osprey currently as well. I've, you know, I've, going through it, I've found a number of Osprey books that were important to me. And similarly, you know, you have a little bit of end of year money left over. Uh, people give you Amazon gift cards, this kind of stuff. So I made a few purchases there as well. Uh, just to, I don't know, just to fill out some of my knowledge. I made a post on the uh, Facebook group for this particular podcast associated with a Franco-Prussian rule set and figures that came accordingly. I've developed an interest in the Franco-Prussian War purely through the Pletniks medals, so I don't know if that requires actual purchases. I've held off doing a number of purchases around that, mainly because the future is so clouded currently. So there's so, so many unknowns that, yeah, having a little extra money as, as opposed to a rule set and some miniatures. Just seems to be the right choice. And thankfully, my 2020 New Year's resolutions factored into that as well. I'm posting some of the Roachy Roachwood output on Facebook too, so folks can see what he's doing. The pace of things have moved considerably slower, which I anticipated they probably would do through winter. I have a bunch of wood elves that I'd like him to go through with slightly greater speed and less precision, so to, so to speak. And I have a bunch of like pre-slaughter base greenskins that I'd like him to, you know, attempt to do a mass. He has some techniques which he uses for a mass painting 
which I'm, I've tweaked in a few different directions, but I think I'll need to tweak a little bit further before he gets onto the non-slotter based green skins. It's estimated that he probably has enough work until June through the stuff that I presented him. And that's hard to calculate in some regard, but also relatively easy to calculate in another regard. I think because he's painting slower, I don't know. I don't know where that's going to actually end up. But somewhere through there, you know, these things are going to have to end, and hopefully naturally. And I reflect certainly with the fellow on the East Coast, I could reuse him. I mean, unless something goes terribly wrong in the last set. I could easily reuse him in the future if I needed to. And my hope is to maintain a, a friendship with Rochi following the end of the commissions as well. Maybe I'll have work for him in the future, but just, you know, it's nice to maintain contact. I was reflecting on Fred Reed, who really has pulled back from social media in any form. Fred Reed was a painter of mine for probably about three years when I lived in the UK, and I got to know him quite well. Uh, now I follow him through his uh, design company which he runs with his wife. Uh, but, you know, they had a dog pass away recently, and I thought, I genuinely like having kept in contact with Fred Reed. Many of the other miniature painters I've used through the past three, four years, something has gone terribly wrong at some stage, and I've usually dropped communication from that, or they, well, it's been a mutual thing, let's just say. Just mainly broken miniatures. I mean, broken miniatures are the easiest way to ruin this thing, particularly if you're paying quite a bit of money for the miniatures to be painted. So. My hope is to conclude things with Rochi whenever, you know, he finishes painting. And I don't think I've sent him anything new. I think I'm actually holding off sending him anything new with the view that I'd like what we have currently to, you know, work through what it needs to work through. And honestly, I really don't have that much new. He does have some strange figures, which uh, he's got some, what are they, kind of British Red Beret commando type figures and also some Taliban. I don't know where he's going to get to those in his painting. But for now, he's concentrating on the stuff that he likes, which I can't complain about. So my view is probably that I will record maybe one or two more of these podcasts, perhaps about certain abstract things, and then there will be radio silence for a period of time. I have had some correspondence with uh, Barney and Spencer associated with... I, I wrote it in such ways, just considering like a handover more than anything of the hunt and the bestiary that I put together with the view that I don't know what I'll be doing through the period of time of, of kind of paternity leave, the paternity leave time. And I wanted to basically pass them that information. They also haven't really talked too much about my involvement, which, you know, I noted in the communication. But for me, really isn't a huge issue. I've gone through many kind of collaborations where my, you know, name drops off the byline pretty quickly. So my view is, yeah, my contribution over the paternity leave period will be non-existent so i'm not particularly you know at this stage for a lot of things i don't really care that much my energy has been put into so many things and my name has never been cemented i'm not you know too fussed basically about the attribution but i did think it was interesting that you know just maybe my contribution at least be thought of and integrated at some stage so we'll see what happens with that but you know i don't think it'll stop me talking with either of them uh, in the future but yes, like I say, maybe one, maybe two more recordings, and then there'll be a long radio silence for this particular podcast. Anyway, while I'm still here, this is Tom Barbelay and San Jose, signing out. <laughs>